Let's open the Word of God this afternoon to, first of all, Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews 8, and then we'll also read 1 Timothy 2, the first seven verses. First of all, Hebrews 8, and this in connection with what we confess about Jesus as our mediator. Now, this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord erected and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and the shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no second would have been sought. No place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant And I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that, he says, a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. And then we'll read also from 1 Timothy chapter 2. Timothy 2, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So far we read from God's holy word 
And then we'll also read Lord's Day 5 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 5. We're back online again. Lord's Day 5. See, that's the first Lord's Day in the second part of the Catechism about our deliverance. Since according to God's righteous judgments, we deserve temporal and eternal punishment, how can we escape this punishment and be again received into favor? God demands that his justice be satisfied. Therefore, we must make full payment either by ourselves or through another. Can we by ourselves make this payment? Certainly not. On the contrary, we daily increase our debt. Can any mere creature pay for us? No. In the first place, God will not punish another creature for the sin which man has committed. Furthermore, no mere creature can sustain the burden of God's eternal wrath against sin and deliver others from it. What kind of mediator and deliverer must we seek? One who is a true and righteous man, and yet more powerful than all creatures, that is, one who is at the same time true God. So far, our confession from the Word of God. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, and boys and girls who belong to Him, What's a doctor? Well, a doctor is somebody who can maybe contribute to good causes. And that's also someone who can help you up if you have stumbled on, out on the street somewhere. And you realize that though a doctor can do those things, that's actually not what a doctor is ultimately about. You know that a doctor who is, is someone who does his best to make you better when you're sick. That's what he's a doctor for. Well, it's the same with the Lord Jesus. He's someone who always sympathetically listens to you, comforts you when you're sad, encourages you by his spirit. But just as with the doctor, you realize that though Jesus does, also, does those things, those things are not what he's ultimately about. Jesus is actually, as Lord's Day 5 points out to us at the end, the last question and answer, he is our mediator. Our mediator and deliverer. What kind of mediator and deliverer must we seek? Which is the point of this Lord's Day. And that's also what we, we gather from Hebrews 8 where it speaks of Christ mediating a better covenant than the old one which was mediated by a priest in the tabernacle. 
Well, this afternoon we deal with Lord's Day 5, which leads up to asking in the last question and answer then, what kind of mediator and deliverer do we need to seek? And let's think about that. Let's delve into that so that we see more of the wonder of the mediator who we received in Jesus Christ. And I proclaim to you that Jesus is the mediator. We see three things. First, what he does, his willingness to do that, and how he can do that. So what he does in the first place, what Jesus does as mediator. We have to see our mediator, what our mediator does against the back, background of what we confessed in the previous Lord's Days, 2, 3, and 4, about our sin and misery. Because of the righteousness of God, we deserve temporal and eternal punishment. We're sinners. We're conceived and born in sin inclined to evil by nature we hate God and the gospel and don't even want to be delivered how can someone like that be saved a sinner who deserves eternal punishment and doesn't even want to be saved it's possible and that's because Jesus Christ is the mediator so what does he do as a mediator Well, he's not a negotiator. Let me say that right off. You know what a negotiator does? For instance, when there's a kidnapping and the kidnapper threatens to kill that person unless he's paid money, the family of the hostage, of course, wants the hostage to be freed. So the negotiator is called in and tries to get an agreement between the two parties. He finds out how much the kidnapper demands in order to set the person free, and then he finds out if the family is willing and able to pay that amount, he may try to reduce the amount a bit even to free that, that's needed to free that kidnapped person. And he may at the same time try to see if the family is willing to offer more. He mediates until the two parties come to an agreement and that person is freed. That's how he negotiates between the two parties. But he's actually not someone who's involved in all of this. A mediator, such as the one we read about in the we read about in the Bible and confess in Lord's Day five, a mediator is different. He's not a negotiator. He doesn't try to make a deal between two parties and come to some kind of an agreement. No, the mediator, in the biblical sense, takes the place of the kidnapped person. He's willing to be put to death in the place of the abducted person in order to win that person's freedom. So then the kidnappers receive what they demand, the death, a death, and the family get what they wanted, namely their family freed, the family member. That's what our mediator, Jesus Christ, is about. Mediator for sinners and totally involved in it all. The law of God requires perfect obedience and full payment for sin. In other words, that the punishment for sin be fully satisfied, and at the same time, obedience to the law be given. That's, what re that's what's required to set sinners free from the curse of the law. For the law requires everything, and what does Jesus do? He's not a negotiator who asks God to lower the demands of the law, 
and asks us to come up with some more obedience to the law on our part. He doesn't get God to require less and us to up our diligence. No, Jesus gives God all he asks, everything, perfect obedience to the law, and he's willing to undergo the full punishment of sin too, even to the cross and to descent into hell and to death. And he gives sinners everything they need to live freely with God again. Everything. Even gives his spirit so that the sinner wants what he wants to give them. Because of ourselves, sinners don't want what he has done for them. They'd rather stay slaves of the devil. But Jesus sent his spirit as we remember today, sent his spirit to give a new heart that desires to live with God in his kingdom. And see, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, that's what the mediator Jesus does. He saves us and then sends his spirit so that we also want to live in that salvation. Frees us so that we want to live in the freedom of God takes away our guilt and punishment and gives us a new heart in return and writes the law of God on our hearts. What an amazing mediator. That's what he does for us. Our misery is that we're sinners who are of ourselves corrupt inside and therefore who deserve the just punishment for sin. That's the life of every person on earth of itself. We're stuck in prison here in this life until the jailer comes to take us as condemned people to the judge for judgment until the door of death opens and the angels come to take us to the place of eternal judgment. But every day the mediator enters our cell and talks with us via the gospel. And every Sunday he calls us through the preaching of the gospel. And our lives here, as it were, play out in that cell and what if you lived your whole life in that cell of life here without having been called by the mediator, Jesus Christ? You'd make, your life what you, you'd make of your life what you could, right? You'd do your best to enjoy the time here without wanting to be delivered until death comes and takes you to the place of judgment. But be thankful for a mediator who did everything for you and then also sent his spirit to you with the call via the opening of the word to let him take your place and you his place before God. God saves not by negotiation but through a mediator who does everything. Everything. He does everything God requires and does everything you need. Deliverance from the guilt of sin and the just punishment for sin. And gives you a new life with God. So wonderful to have a mediator like this one. Thanks to him, life with God beginning now and gloriously to eternity is open for you. Embrace him. 
So that's the, what the mediator Jesus Christ does. We pay attention to his willingness, too, to be the mediator that we need. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, in order to be our mediator, Jesus had to be true man. We confess that in the Lord's Day 5. Already at that last question and answer, he had a true and righteous man. What kind of mediator? True and righteous man. Take our place, he had to be one of us. A brother, as it says in Hebrews 2. To do over what we did wrong, he had to have our flesh and blood. And that was a huge task. For we have not obeyed the law. And therefore of ourselves we're subject to the punishment of the law. And we need to perfectly obey the law in order to gain life. You can think of it this way. It's as if someone wants to buy something for $10,000, but that person at the same time is already $10,000 in debt. That person has to first somehow get $10,000 in order to pay his debt. And then, in addition to that, he somehow has to get the $10,000 to buy what he was going to buy. So we, on the one hand, need to pay our debt to God because of our sins, and on the other hand, we also need to keep the law of God perfectly our whole life long in order to obtain peace with God and everlasting life. And think about it. Even if I could improve my life and commit no more sins from now on, I would still not be saved by the law. And that's because I still have the debts of my previous sins to pay for. So I would need to fully bear the punishment for those sins to the very end. And that means hell. And at the same time, I would have to be perfectly obedient and loving toward God for the rest of my life. Perfect. Well, you realize I'd never be able to do that. Be in hell and be totally obedient at the same time. And it's a blessing if you realize that. Because that's what the mediator we need did. That's what the mediator we need has to be, why he has to be a true and righteous man. That's why he needs to be under the law like Adam in paradise. He had to be true and righteous man in order to do over what Adam and we with him have done wrong. He had to be tempted by the devil. He had to become weak and suffer hunger and fatigue. He had to be able to die since death was also the punishment for sin. He had to do our life over, your and my life, with all its temptations, afflictions, sin, with, with, with its pain, suffering, and finally death as a result of sin. And then all that while he didn't commit any sin at all. God himself couldn't do that. God himself cannot be under his own law. God himself cannot be tempted. God cannot suffer pain, cannot die. But our mediator needed to be true and righteous man who could do all those things in our place. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, what a wonder that there is someone like that to be our mediator. Imagine that you had to ask for a mediator who would be willing to take over your debt. You put an ad in the local paper. Someone 
wanted to, someone wanted to sit out my 10-year sentence in prison, for instance, do you think you'd get any positive response? If you have put an ad in the paper like that? What if you, you put an ad in like this then, looking for someone to sit out my life sentence in jail? You think you'd get any response? Well, who would reply if the ad said wanted somebody to sit out the sentence for my sin in eternal prison in hell? You realize nobody in heaven or on earth would reply to an ad like that. Well, these first Lord's days in the part of the catechism about a deliverance show us from the Bible that there is someone who is willing to be a mediator, one who made himself available when God the Father made his plan for the world and his future. Before the world was even created, he made this plan. He was willing, this man was willing, this person was willing to go to earth, to leave heaven, to come here. He was true God with the Father and the Spirit. He was willing to descend here to become man in order to be mediator of a people. Notice, he wasn't willing to do that because he was asked by people. Sinners of themselves don't ask for salvation. God asked him to be that. And he agreed. He wanted to save sinners. God asked his one and only son to be mediator of sinners. And he was willing to be that. Ready and willing to become man in order to bear the required punishment and to give the required obedience at the same time. He wanted to do that for you and for me who never asked him for it who by nature don't even want him, like so many during his earthly life. True man, it says in Hebrews 2 and 4, like us in every respect, tempted as we are, yet without sin. So he can sympathize with us, with what we go through in this life. He was tempted when he fasted for 40 days in the wilderness, tempted by the devil, Make those stones into bread, said the devil. But he answered that man lives not by bread alone, but by the word of God. He was tempted when the devil said he would give him his kingdom if he would jump from the roof of the temple. Think about it. He knew that he had to descend into hell to be our mediator. And the devil offered him a way to avoid that descent into hell. He knows what temptation is. He was lonely, forsaken, misunderstood, slandered. Friends fled away from him. Enemies mocked him. God forsook him. He was terrified and in agony as he faced the wrath of God in Gethsemane. Tempted in every way as any of us will ever be tempted. No matter what our temptation or our suffering, Jesus knows it. He's been there, done that, and he can sympathize with, that, with us. And so he also knows when you need help. Maybe nobody understands, maybe no one around you understands what you're going through at this time. Your mediator knows. He's gone through it. And he understands. And he sympathizes. And so he knows how far it can go, how much you can take, how difficult it can be for you when you need his help and strength in sickness, in loneliness, in anxiety, in temptation, 
in, in, his, in the shadow of death. He's gone before you. He knows. He's man. Also now, as ascended Lord, he's still man. Therefore, he knows us. He can walk with us. He can help us send his spirit so that our faith will not fail. How can he do all that as mediator? And that brings us to the last part of the sermon, how he can be mediator. So the mediator we need to be reconciled with God needed to be true and righteous man. But at the same time, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, he also had to be God. God's son not only had to become man, also had to remain God in order to bear the burden of God's eternal wrath against our sin without going under because of it. If someone is caught under a one-ton block of stone and I manage to dig my way underneath that stone, that, that block, to be with him, I wouldn't be able to, to budge it. I wouldn't be able to help that person I'm just as unable to move that huge weight as that person is who am I trying to help. If a person would have to bear the weight of the eternal punishment for sin, he'd remain under that weight forever and never get finished with it. He'd never ever be able to help anyone else either with their burden of the eternal punishment for sin either. Only God is mighty enough to lift that weight and carry it to the end in a limited amount of time. So the mediator we need also has to be God in order to be able to bear the burden of the eternal punishment for sin and to deliver others from it. Jesus was able to do that in his lifetime and in particular in those three hours of darkness on the cross. There he bore the full brunt of the wrath of God against the sin of the whole human race and he bore it to the end that's why he had to be God and also remain God because there's more to, to it than that as God he's not only able to obtain eternal life for us by conquering death as the punishment for sin he's also able to bring me into that eternal life. A person can't bring another person to repentance no matter how much they wish they could. Parents may wish they could give a child love for the Lord and the desire to serve Him, but they can't give that to their children. They can give a good Christian upbringing and education as they promise at the baptism of their child, but they, they can't change the heart of their child so that that child's heart which by nature hates the Lord becomes devoted to him in love and they can't say to their child I'll make sure you, you also continue in that love for the Lord and that you continue to hope in him they can't do that either but Jesus is God and God has the power to open the hearts of spirit, the, the hearts of people. He has the key to open people's hearts and to enter there and live there by the Spirit. 
Think of what it says about Lydia when she heard the gospel as taught by the Apostle Paul in Philippi. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by the Apostle and to believe. As God, Jesus not only is able to work out salvation for sinners, not only was he able to do that, he's also able to bring sinners to that salvation. That's why he sent his spirit. Even if they don't think they can be saved by him, even if they don't even want to be saved by him, he could do it. Think of the Apostle Paul. He persecuted the church. And the Lord brought him to himself. The mediator brings sinners to salvation because he is God. He brings people to realize that God's wrath rests on them because of their sin. And then he brings them to ask, is there a way to escape God's righteous judgment and be again received into favor with God? And then to accept at the same time more and more that Jesus Christ, true man and true God, he is the mediator we need. He makes alive. And as God, he then can also promise no one can snatch them out of my hand. I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail, he said to Peter. He said to the apostles about the church, the gates of hell will not overcome my church. And he can say those things. He can promise those things to believers because he is God. He can do those things. He can even promise, and I give them eternal life. As God, he can do that. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, it's wonderful to know Jesus Christ as your mediator. Man and God. Who would have ever dreamed up a mediator like him? We only know that we needed that mediator and have received that mediator. We only know that from the Bible inspired by his spirit. He had to let us know that he had to be true God and true man. True man, that means weak, mortal, able to be tempted, able to suffer pain. But also true God, almighty, powerful, eternal, immortal, able to not fall for any temptation, able to be terrified. A mediator who is weak and at the same time almighty. Mortal and at the same time immortal. Able to be tempted and at the same time able not to be tempted. Able to be terrified and at the same time not to be afraid. But if there was no one like that, then we could never ever be saved from sin and guilt in hell. But congregation, God provided a mediator like that. One who totally fits all the requirements. God and man in one. And therefore sinners like you and me can be saved. Let your life here. In this prison as I mentioned before. Let it be a lifelong school. To learn to know Jesus Christ as your mediator more and more 
the one who as God and man bore the punishment for your sin and was obedient in your place and who renews hearts by the spirit he has sent. He was willing and able to save sinners forever. And the better you know him as your mediator, the more your life will be filled with peace and with joyful thanksgiving to God for him. Amen.